Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. I was just wondering, since you guys have cats and I don't, do they ever give you, like, attitude or, like, do they have mood swings? Seriously, like a teenage girl. All the time. Um, My current cat, he's pretty chill, but my old cat, he, he was an old man. He was my little old man cat, grumpy old man. He kind of reminds me of a man called Uva by Frederick Bachman. Hmm, interesting. Welcome to Potheads Who Read, a podcast by yeah. Sheila and Josie, and our guest. And today we are really excited because we have a guest with us. Hi, everyone. This is John Luca. John Luca and I worked together, but we actually became like I feel like we became fast friends. But we oh, had actually met much. each other before we started working t- with each mm-hmm. other. And we, like, became fast friends, have a lot of things in common, and can talk about, like, just about anything like Sheila and I can. Agreed. <laughs> awesome. So, Jungo, welcome to our podcast. Happy to be here. Um, It didn't even click in my head until we were talking at dinner tonight. And John Luca is actually the first person on our podcast that isn't previously associated with anything for a regular episode. Because the only other guests we've had so far is Andy. True. And Andy's like been like our potheads and training counterpart. And then right. And he does the to... videos with us. Yeah. And I said something about him being a guest and he called me rude. So well, tell Andy to move over because I'm going to be the new, next new star guest. Ooh. <laughs> Andy, you are in Gauntlet trouble. Throne. I love it. And the best part about this is it'll take Andy forever to actually listen to us. So he oh, won't, no. won't know this until for a while. Yeah, well, I'll just be five episodes in and he'll be like, hey, what, whatever happened to me being on your show? <laughs> Exactly. exactly and we'll just we'll just be like oh that that old thing um how are you guys doing good it's spring break for us and so we um we went bowling today and then we, we went for ice cream and then we went to this like fair thing that the base was putting on or a part a group on base was putting on for the kids and so we went to that and my kid got like a bunch of free stuff that he really didn't need but <laughs> it made him happy and it kept us busy there's a place for that there's a place for that it's called the garbage it's true that's true <laughs> we'll, we'll keep uh, it around john luke is a little bit of a minimalist okay yeah. that's awesome no well i mean we'll keep it for a little while like <laughs> Like the fire truck hat, like a fireman hat and and stuff. But so yeah, that's that's about it. We're just so we're just gonna do spring breaky stuff this week. That nice. sounds like fun. I'm gonna be working all week. I don't remember what spring break feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I've been working in restaurants so long that spring break for me is just craziness. Yeah. <laughs> right. I never really got spring break. So when I did, I was working and. All that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, John Luca, how have you been? I've been good. It's been a 
It was a nice weekend. I went to my first Chicago Cubs game this weekend yeah. and it ended up being in a suite and also free. So hope that you can't be <laughs> sad. Joe Sheila. Very jealous Sheila. right now. No, well, she no. was there. Oh. I was there with him, but and, and Tori was with us too. Tori and I, for those people out there who do not know, are huge Cubs fans. We've sat everywhere in Wrigley at least once and like every section or area or whatever at least one time this is like a cubby dream come true is to sit in a suite and John Luca and our other co-worker Scott the four of us got tickets from one of our vendors and it's in a suite and both Scott and John Luca are like oh yeah this is my first Cubs game ever and, sh- and Tori and I were just like are, are you kidding me right now yeah <laughs> It was worth it though. If I'm gonna, if it's gonna be my first one, might as well go big, right? Yeah, go exactly. Big or go home. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. How was the rest of your weekend? Well, considering that yesterday we got five inches of snow, uh, yeah. it was. It, I hibernated yeah. yesterday. Happy spring. <laughs> Serious. It's like we were in Wyoming in the mountains again. Yeah, which you forgot about Chicago for a day. <laughs> yeah. So. Spring forgot about like most of the north of the United States. Oh, that's right. There was, like, a big storm. My parents got, I mean, like, nobody, hardly anybody knows where Deadwood, South Dakota is, but it's a tiny town out where Mount Rushmore is and stuff. Mm. And my parents were there over the weekend, and they got snowed in an extra couple days in Deadwood, which I'm my parents were, like, so upset about. (laughs) So upset. Darn, we did gamble. I know. My mom was like, shoot, we got snowed into Deadwood for an extra night. Oh, well. So what was the temperature in North Carolina again? <laughs> um, Today, it was almost 80 degrees, like 77 degrees, maybe 79. And then so it was Well, nice. I will say, if anybody listened to our last episode, the Potheads in Training episode, you will know a- that Sheila had really bad sunburn this time, and it looks like your sunburn has healed. Yeah, it's all healed. Although, like, I have a funny tan line. See? No, she was like beet red. We were like Sheila. You're... Red. Yeah, it was like lobster red. It was so funny. It was like fun... just her nose, like a little part yeah. of her forehead, a little part of her cheek, and then her and then whole hair. like neck. Yeah. But the funny thing with that was like <laughs> it never hurt. Like you know, like how some sunburns get really hot and they hurt and everything. Like it was just warm, but it never hurt. So that's good, right? Well, usually the first ones of the season, you know are the worst so sounds like you're off to a good start <laughs> i mean what's it like to only burn once a year she goes no out in the sun and she's like i'm melting yeah basically i do nothing but burn yeah we did enjoy the cubs game it was a lot of fun i actually hung out in wrigleyville after the game much longer than i expected to and then yesterday in our little spring blizzard that we got with like just heavy wet slushy snow for all of you guys who know the different types of snow out there um i actually had and drive to dentist yesterday and i was at the dentist for over two hours getting some work done i mean my dentist is cute so it was kind of worth it but (laughs) not in the sense not in the sense that it literally, I was like, once my numbness started to wear down, my mouth just started hurting. It still Did they hurts. give you drugs? They only <laughs> gave me the shots, like, on each side of my mouth. But they were only, they 
only gave me the shot on the one side of my mouth. And they were like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be able to feel anything. And then he was, like, poking. He's like, do you feel that? And I was like, every bit of it. And he was like, all right, I got to give you a second shot. And I just started laughing because they always have to do that. I always have to have, like, special needles. I always have to have extra Novocaine. It's part yeah. of, like, the redhead thing in me. Whatever. But, no, um, I'm, I'm just like that, and I'm not redhead. Um, don't roll your eyes at me it's an actual thing i can't sympathize with either one of you because unfortunately i have some pretty good genes when it comes to my teeth i don't have any cavities i've never had any teeth pulled i don't have i don't know i sub so i don't go to the dentist very often to be honest with you i have been really lucky with my teeth it's only been in the last couple years i had an old filling fallout and it just caused a lot of problems for my teeth which I never had before um but like the really good thing and my dentist like when he looked at my tooth when I was getting my cleaning a couple of weeks ago he was like your teeth are really good because I hadn't been to the dentist in two years and he was like your teeth are really good he's like not that much buildup, only a little bit of soft plaque, like blah, blah. And I was like, well, I do try to take care of my teeth. Mm-hmm. But then, like, about coming in. Right. I just have a really busy schedule. And literally every time the last two years I tried to make an appointment, I had to change it because of work. Um, but I did, I don't know, like, I think it's like this thing where I don't know if it's like, the societal like stigma of like do you have white enough teeth I always get really nervous if my teeth are white and so I'm always like I have the charcoal that I like brush with because the the white strips hurt my teeth yeah but when they the um dental assistant like the hygienist she like match my teeth for something and she was like oh oh wow because and it was like the very back of my mouth Mm. so but I so I appreciate they were trying to match my teeth she was like wow you have like perfect white teeth she's like you're a b1 I was like oh is that good is b1 good and she was like that means you have a natural white tooth exactly how it's supposed to be and I was like Mm. I always get so nervous about how white my teeth are she's like no you have like a perfect healthy natural tooth and I was like yay because I drink a lot of coffee and a lot of red wine (laughs) (laughs) things I'm not supposed to drink everything you're not supposed to drink I do daily well not the wine the coffee i do daily (laughs) josie what are you trying to say (laughs) i'm an alcoholic who's caffeinated (laughs) a caffeinated alcoholic yeah Uh, no so i mean yesterday and even today i've been in a little pain but it's actually that bad it was a nice day so Mm -hmm. i'm just kind of like ready to start my week and all that fun stuff so yeah so before we get started I have a couple. I actually am gonna do two Harry Potter facts. Okay. Um, one is like really. I know. Dun, dun, dun. I feel one, this is like already a special episode because you guys only normally do one. Yeah. And now I get to hear two. You get to hear two. <laughs> Everybody else always gets one. So Andy, if you're hearing this, you, <laughs> you only got <laughs> you Andy, only get one. Andy, if you're hearing this, as a reminder, in Harry Potter trivia, it's to four <laughs> one to five Sorry, one, one to five. five one to five one to five because we've had six questions so far neener, neener, um, okay so right so the first one is actually really fun and this actually isn't like a movie fact or anything like this this is more like character information that came out 
after the movies and books and everything were finished. Um, and this is actually one of my favorite professors. So I was happy when I found this. Um, Professor Sybil Trelawney was married once, but the marriage ended after she refused to adopt the surname Higglebottom. They had no children together. Aww. I wonder why. I would say that she would have to be the most quirky mother, hippie mother out there, which would be fantastic. And I don't know if I would take the last name Higglebottom either. Mm-hmm. I really feel like this quote actually relates a bit to the book that we are about to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And, and this one does a little bit as well, because yeah. we're about to discuss a stubborn old man, and this is about an old man. <laughs> <laughs> So um, this is the actual, um, this is a movie fact, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, Sir Richard Harris had trouble remembering his lines and Daniel Radcliffe would ask him to help him help with running his own lines just to give Richard more practice. Hmm. I love that Daniel Radcliffe. I know, right? But I just love it. There's like so many reasons why I love it. Because one, Richard Harris, we all know an older man who's probably like, I don't need the practice. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is and then you, it's just like the cleverness of this child to be like, why don't you help me? I'm the one who yeah. needs the help. Re- reverse psychology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine like a little 10 or 11 year old Daniel Radcliffe being like, yeah. why don't you help me? Like, I need yeah. help with my so lines. I, like was- <laughs> I mean, how, how who could say no to that a cute little kid? I know, well, right? A lot of cute people do, Harry but Potter. a cute Harry Potter. That's true. I mean, I've said no to cute kids before, before too. You never I mean. say no to mine. Well, uh, because he's like the cutest. You're right, he is. <laughs> I might be biased. It's my godson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so those were some fun facts let's get started i just want to start off by saying i feel like this is probably the first book that i think sheila and i have both been like from the beginning we were just like oh my gosh i'm loving it i'm just yeah. gonna say that um let's have john luca read the synopsis of it let's do it honored okay uh, so the book is A Man Called Uva, um, and the synopsis is All You Need Is Uva. At first sight, Ove, er, Ove, Uva is almost certainly the grumpiest man you will ever meet. A curmudgeon with staunch principles, strict routines, and a short fuse. People think him bitter, and he thinks himself surrounded by idiots. Uva's well-ordered solitary world gets a shake-up one November morning with the appearance of new neighbors, a chatty young couple and their two boisterous daughters who announced their arrival by accidentally flattening Uva's mailbox with their U-Haul. What follows is a heartwarming tale of unkempt cats, <laughs> unlikely friendships, and a community's unexpected resentment of the one person they thought they had all figured out. A word-of-mouth bestseller that has caused a sensation across Europe, Frederick Backman's irresistible novel about an angry old man next door is an uplifting exploration of the unreliability of first impressions and a gentle reminder that life is sweeter when it is shared with other people. That it was, and I have to say too. I mean, this was a book that is like super easy to read, and you just like want to, you, you don't want to put it down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I agree. So yeah. So this is 
technically my pick for our little book club this month. Um, but I'm actually going to pass it over to John Luca because this, even though it's technically my pick, it's actually John Luca who picked the book out for us this <laughs> yeah. month. So, Luca, what made you want to read this book? What What was it about it that you were like, we have to read this and discuss it? Well, I honestly, when you said, do you want to be part of this podcast? And I was like, yes. And <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, and I was thinking about what book to suggest. And I was reminded of um, this book because my actually a friend of mine named Miriam. So actually, I'm going to have Miriam listen to this because I feel like she deserves all the credit ultimately. <laughs> but she was reading it and she suggested it to me a while ago. And yeah, that's and I figured this would be perfect because she said she even told me she's like, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry. And it's, it's an awesome book. And I honestly, yeah. both those I, I laughed and I cried. And so, Miriam, you are right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely. I mean, literally, I read the title of the first chapter and I was laughing. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was really great. Um, why don't we go into first impressions, Sheila? What was your first, your initial impression of this book? So, um, I actually listened to this as an audiobook this time around. Um, because I was waiting for it to come up in my audio or my library and it didn't come up as a book. So I just took it as a audiobook because that's what came up first. And I just couldn't stop listening to it. But um I loved it. I loved um I love the writing. It's 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 like Jean Lucas said, it was very kind of simple, but it kept you wanting to know more of what was going on and it, it did it, it every emotion I felt you know happy mad sad um the grief that that's in it there's just he's just this grumpy old man that you can't help but not love because yeah he's so good he's not a grumpy man in the sense that he's a mean old man he's just a grumpy man who's kind of had some bad things happen to him in his life but he's a good man and he can't say no mm-hmm. and not do. Mm-hmm. He has to do the right thing, even if it's something he doesn't want to do. Like, save yeah. a man's life yeah. and be a hero. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a cat. Taking a cat. Save a man's life. You know, he's. he's Back just... up a U-Haul down a street where you're not supposed to drive. <laughs> and man, does he enforce all the rules of the community. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Stickler for the rules. Yeah. But I, I mean, I absolutely. I ended up really loving this book pretty much from the get-go. And um, I remember when I, I finished about, I think I finished about a week before Josie did, and I sent her a text message yeah. going, I am finished. I am ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I mean, you actually even finished before John Luca finished. And I even told John Luca, I was like, John Luca, Sheila texted me last night, and she was obsessed with the book. She devoured it, and she is ready to talk about it whenever we are. And John Luke is like, "That's easy. I'll probably finish it tonight or tomorrow." And then I was like, yeah. "Last again." Yeah. Well, then I was like, "Did you finish? Did you finish? Did you finish?" I know. I was like, "No, I'm like, I have like a quarter left. I have this much left. Okay, I'm gonna finish it tonight." And then I finally was like, I messaged him. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about this." And we actually moved up our recording a couple of days because I think yeah. all of us were just so excited 
excited to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know I was excited to talk about it. Yes. Um, I mean, my initial impressions were very similar to yours, Sheila. I, there was just, like, something about Ova. Like, I love that he was so on principle for everything. Yeah. Like, whether or not he wanted to do it, it didn't matter because it was the principle of it. Um, When you start to discover a lot of things that happened to him earlier in life, even, like, before he met his wife and, like, the relationship he had with his father, he was just a very simple person who accepted life for what it gave you and – but – But for as much as he accepted life for just, like, what it gave you, because that's how he was kind of raised, he was also, like, no fool. So he wasn't going to be taken advantage of, even though he had had a couple of experiences where that happened. But even, like, as a child, like, the whole story at the train station with his father and the the one coworker, and there was, like, a wallet that was lost, you, um... You just get this sense that even at nine years old, he's just he's just all about like what's right and wrong. It's yeah. not about what moves you forward. But then there's so many facts in his life where it's just like his father got a sob the company uh, from his boss. Uh, yeah. Uh, like his company. And so it was like that's what his father drove and he just was like it's from okay. that day forward that's as a child before or even he before he could even drive he's like i will always be driving these mm-hmm. and that is literally what he yep. drove his entire life like Sob nothing but life. that and, and like he would have fights with his best friend his neighbor best friend about yeah who drove a volvo until <laughs> he bought his bmw and that's what like mm-hmm. caused their actual falling so and but it's just so funny because you're like really you're really gonna stick to your principles about this but then when you look at like why he drove a sob and why he did that. Like, this is a, this was a man who felt deeply, didn't say a lot of words. Yeah. He didn't feel a need to fill with a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, but he felt everything. Yeah. And he really, like, at his core, he really cared not even what other people thought about him he cared what his wife thought about him and what his father thought about him yeah and throughout the book so many times he was like Sonia would have loved this yeah Sonia would have laughed at this Mm -hmm. I can't do this because there's no way I could meet my father and and Sonia in the afterlife and have this happen they would never I would never hear the end of it in the afterlife if this happened so there I just love how he just it's so rare to meet people who just by principle have to follow things. And it's really funny because there's certain things where in my own like OCD self, it's like, does it really make it that big of a deal? It's like, no, it doesn't. But then there's just like, it's the principle of things. I mean, I went, we talked about how we went to this game this weekend. I went to the opening Cubs game last week in Chicago and these people were sitting in our seats and two empty seats next to them. And it was not a big deal. Like we could easily sit in those seats and we did. And it was like, Oh, it's fine. But deep down inside, it was a little point that was, but those are our seats. That's our ticket. Like, Mm. but it doesn't make anything like Uva would have been like, no, those are our seats. Get out. I don't care if we have next two seats. 
Yeah. And so I, there's like a little respect that I have for him because I am like I am kind of that person who's like, but no, those are our seats. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. I so I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I going off kind of that, like what I loved about it was just basically I, I think I I, I re- I got in touch with my inner old man <laughs> where I just feel like I'm dealing with a bunch of idiots on a regular basis. <laughs> um, there were like multiple months like in the book where I just like kind of was like, you know what, that is an idiot or, you know, or <laughs> that guy or like, you know, with yeah. the, or the one uh, woman with the dog in the beginning <laughs> oh, where yeah. made an appearance uh, or where, like, you know, oh, yeah. Ula did not like that dog. Um, also to it, just, I mean, about the author like the style of writing i loved how he just went you know you it's almost like he went back in time like throughout the, the through the entire book you're yeah. going back in time late to something that happened in the present mm-hmm. and um and yeah i just i i, I really, really like that style yeah, yeah he was good, good at yeah. weaving the past and the the present together right? together yeah yeah definitely so a really quick 30 second plot line which is not gonna be 30 seconds but we're gonna get really close shoot do it do it okay so a man called uva is really unhappy his wife passed away six months prior to when the book starts and he tries to kill himself several times throughout the entire book in multiple different ways and for whatever for whatever reason some person Thing comes into his life or some event happens or it doesn't work out and in the course of him trying to kill himself he actually ends up creating a new little family and his character and everything just makes him kind of like not be able to do it and then he kind of just learns to re-enjoy life mm-hmm. yeah he becomes a grandpa yeah. Oh, I know. That was That's... the sweetest. Did end. you guys find that? I, I'm curious. I mean, Sheila, you're married. Mm-hmm. You're single. I'm single. Yeah. But did you guys fi- like kind of relate with the, the um? I just want to say like relationship part of between um. I don't know that that lovingness that he had for his you know deceased wife. I mean, were there other things that maybe you guys related to in the aspect of relationships? in the book yeah I mean for me it was kind of one of those things where I my personal experience to it was not for myself I feel like I have met people in my life that could have been that great love Mm -hmm. but obviously weren't Mm -hmm. but it honestly like reminded me of my grandparents so much it reminded me of my parents um i mean my my parents are getting up there in age my father just celebrated his 70th birthday my mother just turned 68 she will kill me for saying that out loud <laughs> no she won't but I mean, they're getting up there in age, and so as morbid and sick as it is, like, my parents are getting at that age where it's like something could happen to them. My mom had a heart surgery a couple years ago, and it was, like, really scary touch and go, and just seeing how much stress it put on my father, it was one of those things where it's like, not that I think my either one of my parents would go this extreme where they would, like, try to kill themselves, 
but I do think that they have like that deep rooted love where it would be so hard for them to like move on. Like they wouldn't want to pack up the house. Like they wouldn't want, like they would have all of that stuff out. They would keep all of that stuff. And when my mom's parents, um, when my grandmother got really sick, um, she actually passed before my grandfather. And when my grandmother got sick, she like, she was the life of our family, like on my mom's side. And my grandfather was so distraught and he was like, he just could not stand to see her in pain. Mm. And he like, he would have been the man who would have like carried her up the stairs every single day if he could. Like he was a farmer. He was an honest man. He was they like loved each other so fiercely and even my dad's parents who weren't necessarily like outwardly as showing of their love like my mom's parents were or my parents are um but even them they just like loved so fiercely and there was such a commitment my grandfather passed oh my gosh like almost 20 years ago we were in college doing oh wow uh nonsense no we were um, no it wasn't nonsense it was um a tale at uh, mrs coney a tale at christmas because it was our second year first or second year no so it was like second year was uh nuncrackers and that was the year we had like three deaths and everybody had to leave because stephanie's Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, and oh, yeah. somebody else. I can't remember the third person. Yeah, um, Steph, Steph had a death. I had a death, and I, think, um, I mean, it doesn't oh. matter. It was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we can laugh no, about I it now. Well, I kind of. No, I think people, I think but, I knew, and I think like I knew, and maybe a couple other people knew. And then Jody was like, "Why did you tell us?" And I was like well I'm like it's okay I mean because it was my it was my and how I we called her grandma Anderson but she was she was my cousin's grandma but they always let us call them grandma so like it was grandma we had a relationship with her but it wasn't like and we but we were kind of expecting it too it wasn't sudden you know yeah so like it wasn't like horrible for us like it was sad that it happened but we kind of been anticipating this for a few months so it wasn't really like I I guess I just wasn't like I was sad that grandma Anderson was gone but it wasn't it wasn't like what happened to Stephanie and what happened to you like Stephanie's was devastating yeah yeah, Steph's was probably the worst. Mine was like my grandmother had Parkinson's. He had been sick. He had started. He had started to get like dementia, um, yeah. a couple of years before he'd passed. And but I mean, like even then, like, my grandmother, like you go, to, like she lives in a different house now. She moved out of the house that they lived in for a long time, mm-hmm. but she still has like some of his suits. There's still pictures up. There's still like a a loving um, like. Uh, well, you just hold on to that person. Commitment yeah. that she has to him. And, I mean, that was, I mean, that was our second year of college. I mean, that was they almost, night, feel, almost 19 years they ago. You almost feel like you're disrespecting the person by folding up all the right. clothes or packing them on the way. Yeah, like, you don't want to I think. Them. Yeah, so, like, I for, think, me, like, for me, it was, like, 
man, I want that. But it's like, I also feel really blessed to have witnessed that commitment in my life, Mm -hmm. not just one time, but multiple times. Yeah. I I think for like me, like if anything were to happen to Eric and obviously like I've had times where I've had to kind of think about it because he is in the Marine Corps and he has deployed in the past to Afghanistan and Iraq. So I mean, those are always thoughts like when they go over, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. And um, to me, it never occurred to me that um, or I never thought about when I would start pack if I had to, like how soon I would have to pack anything up. Like, I, I think I would keep things for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually I would probably move because I probably wouldn't stay in the areas that we were stationed at um, if had something had happened to him where then I but I'm not sure where I would move to like it would be like you'd move back home right and I'm still not sure what I would do yeah you would move to me (laughs) (laughs) we'd have to move out to the we'd have to go out to the suburbs and you can buy a house with me or something yeah we would totally do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll come visit okay yeah but yeah like I mean I've had like I do think though, like I'm not I'm not sure what would life would be like. I know I'd be really devastated if something happened to Eric. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, obviously, the death of anyone you love or that right. someone that you spend so much time with is going to be very difficult. Yeah. So I think we can all probably sympathize with. I mean, what about you though, G? Like you're single, like. I well, I mean, I I asked the question because yeah, I definitely felt <laughs> a kind of. That's, you know, my my ex, John, we were together for like seven years, but that we definitely had this like passion you know, that even now, even we're no, we're not together. I won't get into the reasons why, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we that's a whole nother podcast. OK, um, <laughs> we'll find another. Yeah, that's, that's that. our <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll um, find a different book for that. <laughs> no, but, that, you know, it's like I still he had that passion if something ever yeah. happened to him i i would be yeah. devastated you know so i mean but yeah it's i think that's something that would probably anyone can can well probably most i won't say everyone but most yeah. can sympathize with. yeah i mean i don't i would never take my own life but yeah. right yeah. right yeah like, I, yeah I, like i wouldn't do that i, mean, I don't think i could ever see my yeah obviously well, no, i couldn't <laughs> Yeah, I, she lives like as soon as I obviously couldn't like be like, yes, let's take my own life. But right now, because I have a I have a little boy that needs someone right. to take care of him. And, you know, um, I know Eric would want me to make sure that he would be OK. So but yeah, um, I, I think for Uva he loved her so much and like he kind of lived for her like his whole after the the accident and after her miscarriage and i'm just gonna put this out there right now that i'm probably gonna cry every time we talk about the miscarriage because i have actually had miscarriages myself so um while like this book was really good it did make me cry and it made me cry because I, I've been there. I know what um, Uva and Sonia have been through. But at the one point, there's an accident. She loses the baby. She loses her, her mobility. She becomes paralyzed. And it 
becomes like his lifelong fight to make sure that she gets everything that she deserves as a person. You know, he just he fights for her so she can she can teach and she has all the rights that she should have. Like I was just amazed at how like um how they were like, We're gonna take her away. Like they just they wanted to take the people away all the time when they were sick and like I was like I get it kind of but like it she but she could still live a good life. If she was, if, if, mm. and she did, and she did because of Uva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously that's a big thing that you learn in the book is when that accident happens and what it entails. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. like that, you only find that, that the accident, you only find out about that like halfway through the book. So the right. entire time you, I never pictured Sonia in a wheelchair. Right. right? You know. Like there was little hints like in there, but you're yeah. like it's not anything that you would like really need to what like. Did, I don't remember. Well, that. there was like a it hint was, when the neighbor a, comes in and, and she looks at like the floor, and there was like wheelchair marks on the floor. Oh, yeah, right. um, but they thought it was bicycle tires. There but like, yeah, but she was like, I thought it was bicycle tires, and then there was another point where they were talking about um. She mentions early on in the book, like, when we have a family, when we have a family, when we have Mm -hmm. a family. But they start off, like, pretty quickly that Uva doesn't have anybody. Yeah. So it's like, why don't they have a family? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that might have just been a connection I made really quickly. And I maybe didn't. But um, I I, I got on pretty early that I was like, okay, something clearly happened that they didn't have children, but I didn't expect it to be that accident. Yeah. But it's so, so, I don't know. I'm like a person who's really big into like signs and things happen for a reason. There's obviously a reason why everything happens. And so I, the thing that I found the most interesting about the accident well, let's set up the accident. So right. So they go they're on this on their, trip. They're on to their Spain. honeymoon. To Spain. They're technically oh, on their yeah. honeymoon. Yeah. And Uva didn't even. They they took a coach from Sweden all the way to Spain, and he didn't want to take the bus, but Sonia wanted to take the bus <laughs> because it's it'd be more adventurous. It's an adventure. It's an adventure and all the memories. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that you learn about Uva even before you find about this trip is that he absolutely hates buses and you know he they mentioned it a couple times Mm -hmm. and so you already know he hates buses so the idea of him being on this bus Mm -hmm. is just kind of funny Mm -hmm. because it's like only sonia would have gotten him on a bus yeah yeah they actually they've spent their time in spain they had a blast they love it and they're actually on the way back home and uva noticed right away the driver smells like wine Mm -hmm. But because of all the siestas and all the different things that happened, he's just like, oh, it must be a Spain thing. And Sonia had told him that a couple times during the trip. Oh, it's a Spain thing. It's only because we're in Spain. It's this. It's that. So they they do talk about a lot of different things with it. So um, Uva actually gets up from his seat to go use the restroom in the back. And then... As that happens, he's about halfway past down the bus and there's a huge crash. They're tumbling everywhere. He turns around immediately and can't get to Sonia and save her. And so in the crash, Sonia ends up getting 
paralyzed and losing her baby. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Uva looks at at his wife and he's like, he can never forgive himself for that accident. But the so but the thing that I found really interesting about it, being somebody who believes in signs and thinks that you actually need to like watch for them a little bit, like don't live your life by them, but like watch for them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who does think that things happen for a reason, and there's a reason why he had to get up on the bus. And if he actually would have been there to protect her, there's a possibility that all of it could have happened and he could have been hurt as well mm-hmm. and so it's funny to me because like in my head as soon as I read that part and he was like I he would never forgive himself for not being the protector I was like on the positive side of it but like but if you weren't if you were there what if something happened to both of you you're able to her because you weren't there mm-hmm. and i i do try to look at things kind of like positively and like on the other side of things a lot and so i immediately in my own like created that dialogue mm-hmm. of like yeah you could have been there to protect her but what if you didn't and it just turned out worse right what if something would have happened he would have then and she was paralyzed and she lost her baby then she would have been taken away and nobody would have been there to take care of her. Right. I mean, obviously that shaped their whole marriage. It shaped their whole, their whole uh, rest of life. Um, yeah. I mean, it the shaped rest her of life, the, like who the she, rest of the four decades they lived together. Well, and it, it, changed, it, it changed her, like who she, who she was going to teach. Like yeah. she was a teacher, you know, she ended up getting a job as a teacher for a certain class because it was a rough and tumble class that nobody wanted to teach and she was the only one that wanted to teach them and she was actually the only one that could get through to them because she actually listened and she actually cared and made a difference for these students and you end up finding out later in the book because one of her students actually comes back Mm -hmm. into the book he's one of the um crazy characters that ends up entering his life is that Andre? Um, after he, what is his name? Adrian. 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 Sorry. Um, He's the one that Ove steals his bike in the beginning <laughs> and locks it up in the shed. Yeah. He, he like perceives Adrian to be some hooligan that was gonna steal the bike. Yeah. But it was actually his like quote unquote girlfriend's bike. Yeah. That he was going to quote quote fix. <laughs> right. Um, he liked her. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, so what? I'm going to change the subject, but what were some of your favorite, like, quotes from the book? I have one, but I'll let, I'll let you guys go first. Um, Go ahead, because I pulled a couple, so you go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Mine is kind of long, though, so it's actually towards the end of the book. It's in chapter 36. It starts out, loving someone is like moving into a house. Sonia used to say, at first you fall in love with all the new things, amazed every morning that all this belongs to you, as if fearing that someone would suddenly come rushing in through the door to explain that a terrible mistake had been made. You weren't actually supposed to live in in a wonderful place like this. Then over the years, the walls become weathered, the wood splinters here and there, and you start to love the house not so much because of all of its perfection but rather for its imperfections you get to know all the nooks and crannies how to avoid getting the key caught in the lock when it's cold outside 
which of the floorboards flex slightly when one steps on steps on them or exactly how to open the wardrobe doors without them creaking these are the little secrets that make it your home and I, I, I really like that yeah I, I'm just like I don't know I <laughs> I feel like I, I'm a little of a like old school romantic and I just felt like like you can you know when you're in a relationship with someone you do appreciate their their you know kind of quirks and you know yeah. even some of their negative qualities become um identify you know it identifies that person you know and you you just get, have to get used to it and yeah it's all you know roses and you know infatuation in the beginning but then you you know like you said the walls get wet a little bit but yeah, but yeah I just um yeah. yeah that was my that was my favorite quote in the book I really like that old school romantic mm-hmm because I, I say that... It goes back to my, my inner old man. <laughs> I mean, I say it all the time. Uh, Sheila knows this. I say it all the time that I am, like, don't want to be the host romantic, but I totally am in, like, yeah. every situation. I'm like, I just want everything just to be awesome. So I actually have two quotes. This one I really like because... Well, I'll just read it, and then I'll say why I like it. Um, a time... Sorry, I was going to say what chapter it's in, but I don't. I It's on page 113. Um, a t- time like that comes for every man when he chooses what sort of man he wants to be. And if you don't know the story, you don't know the man. Mm-hmm. I really like that because um, you, I, I'm a firm believer in you should never judge a situation or a person by your initial interaction with them because you never know what's going on with them Mm -hmm. you never know what issues they have Um, I do think part of that stems my oldest sister having a tumor Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people make quick judgments about her not realizing that she had yeah like why she acts a certain way why she looks a certain way Mm -hmm. Um, not realizing that you know she's overweight because she had a thyroid like she has thyroid issues and you know she had a tumor in between her optic nerves on her frontal lobe Mm. and so that's why her eyes now like kind of look a little strange and she has to like turn her whole body to look somewhere because she has tunnel vision um I grew up like defending her a lot Mm -hmm. and not even thinking about it like I didn't even have to think about it it just was one of those things where it's like you don't know who that person is. So I've always tried to live by that. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I succeed. Well, yeah, you should always get to know someone, you know, before you right. make judgment on mm-hmm. the superficial. Right. Know? Absolutely. And then <laughs> to go with John Luca's old school romanticism, um, <laughs> I have a quote that shows my hopeless romantic uh, side of me. And I... I don't know. Like, I just want somebody to think this about me one day. People said Uva saw the world in black and white, but she was color, all the color he had. That was a good one. Yeah. I like that one. I he idolized one. Sonia so much. I like, know. Yeah. He loved her so much. It is like the only person that like loved her or yeah. loved him. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um. So I. Have I mean. Two. Sorry okay, to go, go back really quickly. No. It no, is. No. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> just to like prove the color and like how much he really loved her i mean it's he says it multiple times throughout the book where he yeah. was like i never lived before her yeah 
Like, he was literally just going through the motions of life. He had a sausage right. and potatoes because that's what he and his dad did. And she was the one who really brought his life and out. And he never really understood why she loved him so much because he even knew himself he was, like, a grumpy old man. You know, I know. You know, I mean, because one, one of my other favorite parts, and I laugh at it just because... I thought this is when they were like, yeah, it says he had been a grumpy old man since he had been in elementary school. Like, that's just who he was. He was just very straightforward. This is what it is. It's black. Like, like it says, he's very black and white. I'm wondering, though, if he was a little um, on the spectrum, like, Mm -hmm. because the spectrum is so wide, like before. Like he made like whenever he was growing up, he wouldn't be considered on the spectrum. He would just been considered the weird kid that did yeah weird well, things. I mean, he was a quiet person, you know. He was quiet, but he just had some like um quirky things that to me, I was like, I wondered if um like to if like for some reason today somebody came into the situation that is trained in diagnosing autism or people on the spectrum that they'd be like yeah he's just really high functioning mm. yeah maybe because um yeah i don't know it's just like he just did some things like because what got me his was the, the three like in the beginning every time he checked things it was he pulled and and that's a bit more ocd but he could pull on things three times but sometimes that is also uh um a spectrum thing. yeah um so yeah, the need for a routine. Yeah. The fact yeah. that everything, like, he didn't like things that had a lot of theory into it. He wanted the answers. Incredibly good at math. He Like, all of that stuff. Yeah. That he could build houses. Do you know what I mean? Like, those are things that are right. very, like, precise. And sometimes those people really like precise his, stuff. His brain yeah. was very mechanical and, and like, mathematical. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. He's, he's very smart. I mean, he could take apart a car and put it back together. Cause, just because mm-hmm. he could. Yeah. And so. just, he tried it just to see if he could. That's what yeah. I loved about it, yeah. too. Yeah. Um. So what are your coaches? So um, one of mine is um, he went through life with his hands firmly shoved in his pockets. She danced. It, it was a, that was mm. a good comparison of the two mm-hmm. even like they're complete opposites but yeah and then yeah so you miss the strangest things when you lose someone little things smiles the way she turned over in her sleep even repainting a room for her like for me like that hits home just because I'm, I'm still grieving my cat so like I'm like, oh, why don't I have a cat snuggling me? You know, like you miss their little, mm-hmm. their little body. So, like, I get that from from that. But also, like, the re- I thought it was funny because it ends with repainting a room for her, and he would always repaint a room for her. Like, was it like every year, or every six months, she she would want to repaint the living room or something? And um, he always did it, maybe a little begrudgingly, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. He always did it. It's interesting. It's interesting that each of us have like kind of chose a quote or one of our the quotes had to do with their relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I mean, and that's even goes back to like the first question I had. It's just about their that relationship that they had was just so powerful mm-hmm. and it dominate it dominates the entire book. And it was so 
simple. Mm-hmm. It was. Well, it makes you. I mean, that's the thing that I loved about it. Is Ove was just uh, Ove, Hoover was just this very like hard person. Yeah. Who had a really soft center. It took you a long time to there. Sonia was able to break into it right away. Yeah. But then, like, the quote Sheila said, it was, like, he, he had his fist clenched in his pocket and Sonia danced. Like, she, like, the whole time, like, she was in there. I just, like, it was just a breath of fresh air every yeah. time they talked about her. When he was, like, her laugh, like, her laugh would just flow, like, out of her. Like, it was just so easy for her to laugh. And it was not easy for him. So it was just, like, so... It was just powerful in the most simple ways. It yeah. wasn't a great love story where they had to, like, trek through, like, yeah. all of these stages to, like, fall in love. It was just, like... Yeah, this is not, like, a romance novel. No, all, like, but... he, he showed up on, at a train station, yeah. and she was, like, for weeks. And then he was, like... She was, like, okay, show up in a suit, and we're going to go to dinner. Mm. Yeah. like, And then that was just the start of it. And then... He said that he wanted to build houses, and then she showed up to his house with brochures and was like, are we dating? And he was like, I guess we are. And she was like, okay, then let's sit down and figure this out. Right. They moved in with each other, and she was like, I want you to meet my dad. Like, it was just so simple and straightforward. And that's what makes it so great is that, I mean, as much as those, like, romantic stories are where they have to, like, fight family members and, like, do all these things (laughs) to, like their love like it's nice but like it's so much better to just see it when it's simple he was well, a little witch though oh totally <laughs> totally well i think that what probably what probably drew us to uva's and sonia's relationship in their marriage is that it's just like all of our relationships like not everybody has yeah well it's what everybody wants but like but a lot of us don't have like the relationships like Josie was talking about, like where you had to like fight with family or, mm. you know, yeah, get saved from the beast or, you know, <laughs> like there's <laughs> just like not, you know, like it, it's just like Eric and I, we met, we met at Applebee's, you know, like there's nothing romantic about that, but. They're great love stories. Eric asking Sheila out, her saying, I don't know, and me going, Sheila, who cares? What are you going to do, Miriam? (laughs) (laughs) And then they got married. Like It kind of went like that. There's more to this story. Yeah, it kind of went like that. No, there is a lot more to the story. But, but I mean, even that, though, it's like, it's so sad simple like Sheila liked him but Mm. there was stuff going on in her life where she was like I don't know if I want to date anyone and it was just like it's one date us all going out in a group watching fireworks who cares Mm -hmm. like you don't have to marry they all left me (laughs) this really (laughs) cute boy so what else were you supposed to do it worked out for you (laughs) I I mean what else were you supposed to do they just made out right then and there (laughs) oh no I, I do. I tease them. I, every Fourth of July, I'm like, hey, I mean, guys. I mean, it is really funny because the three of us. Yeah, she did say that, and like the three of us have like a really funny inside joke where I even said it at their speech, and his whole thing was like, ah, and all three of us were like, it's an inside joke. <laughs> 
I don't take any credit for it. It's all of them. It's all them. Um, no, but I think it's true. It's just like, it's never big extravagant story that you really think it's going to be. It's like yeah. everyday love is everyday love. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. And that's, simple. I think it's, it's so simple. It's what, it's what it is, you know? I mean, my parents, like I talked earlier about my parents, like my dad asked my mom out and she like told him no. And then they finally went out <laughs> and then he dropped her off. No joke. Like the, the, their very first date, he dropped her off. It happened to be her birthday and he stayed up and talked to my grandmother until five in the morning and my mom went to bed and then he got home and my dad's mom was like, what kind of girl keeps you out until five in the morning? And he was like, her mother, her mom. And, and no joke, they got married five months later and they've been together since. So they've been together for like 48 years. Mine. Let's see so. So, I mean, sometimes it's just, it's just that simple, like go out with me. No. And then they do. And then it's just, it happens. Yeah. Um, one thing that I will say that I love about this author's writing, I, I hinted at it before the chapter names titles are oh my gosh. so funny. I love them. I mean, I, like I said, the very first one, chapter one. A man called Uva buys a computer that is not a computer. And it just made me laugh so hard. A man called Uva and a lanky one who can't open a window without falling off a ladder. That's chapter 11. I mean, these, chapter 18, a man who was Uva and a cat called Ernest. Speaking um, of the cat. Yeah. The cat I love the cat. That cat, uh, that, that cat. Sh- go ahead. I was going to say the cat annoyance is my probably my favorite character. Well, I was just going to ask. I loved its moody attitude. A man called Uva in a society without him. I mean, yeah, they're really funny. But yeah, the cat. Go ahead. I interrupt. <laughs> Talk no. about the kitty cat. No. Talk about the cat I, now. Yeah. <laughs> kitty cat. Pretty cat. Um, no, I, I, I don't have a cat, but I just loved how I feel like it's such a typical. It's like I, I'm or I guess you guys tell me. Is it like a it's like a typical cat personality so, where he's just kind of like he looks at Uva all the time and is like, Are you serious, bro? Like yeah. that kind of like what are you doing? Like leave me alone. Don't look I at mean, me, don't talk to me, don't touch me. But like it seriously went both ways, which is what I loved yeah. about it. Because Uva was they gonna like the cat was in a snowbank and his neighbor was like, save the cat. And he was like, why? It'll be fine. Yeah. The the snow will melt soon. The cat will be fine. Like, I feel like it just went both ways where they both were like, peace, done, don't want to deal with you. I have a theory about the cat, which I'm going to ask you guys. But Sheila, so, what's your opinion? About, I thought the cat was really funny. Like, just this funny. ugly, like, fur. It's, just, like, it's, just, it's a poor, sad, stray cat. What? Which is funny, though, because the cat shows up, like, in the, I don't know, like, the second or third chapter. Whenever he makes, when you, you're you reading and you he's doing his first rounds of his yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. And there's this cat. And they have this moment. And I'm, like, immediately, I'm, like, that cat has picked you, old man. That is your cat now. And you're never going to get rid of it. And um, the cat kept showing up, hanging out by his house, and then he ends up saving it, and then, like, it's living with him and sleeping in his bed, 
And I'm like, it's meant to be. Sonia, Sonia sent that think, cat. This you. goes into my theory. I was going to say, you think that Uwe felt like he had to take care of the cat in the same way he had to take care of Sonia after she had her accident, you know? Like, he ends up taking, you know, like, taking care of Sonia, like, picking her up bring her up the stairs every day building her a ramp so she can get to her job you know a wheelchair ramp um you know he the cat gets injured he then is kind of forced to adopt it but he reluctantly adopts it and right then, you know find someone tricked, to take care tricked, of quote unquote, yeah. into, so this is my theory about cat annoying not so much that it was sent by Sonia, but a little part of me feels like it was Sonia. I I kind of felt that too, to be honest with you. Because I, so I, I mean I, I think the cat was male, but was the cat male? I think so. Did they ever specify? I, I think it, I always I called it. I don't know if they ever specified. I think but, it but was this male. is the reason why this is the reason why I think that is because he would go and visit her grave regularly. Mm-hmm. And when he finally made the decision, like, I'm going to kill myself, this cat shows up. Yeah. And he was not the cat lover. Sonia, Sonia, was, the, was. Sonia was the cat lover. Yeah. And um, he, like, the cat immediately just did, certain, like, the cat just like immediately went to like Sonia's side of the table to eat. The cat immediately curled up on Sonia's side of the bed, like on her pillow. Mm-hmm. Like the cat did certain things. About the time when it knocked the um that he's gonna kill himself and what was he gonna use to the kill pills. Him? The pills, that's right. And he set the pills down and they to let the cat come inside and then the cat went on the pills and knocked him off the floor. Right. Off, the, off the counter or wherever it was. So, I mean, I definitely was like, first I was like, that was definitely sent by his wife. But then there was just a couple things that happened where I was like, the fact cat annoyance was like so persistent about certain things, the exact same way Sonia would have like, when got in the like where it sat, like all these different things. But I'm like, wait, is this cat actually her? <laughs> the only like, reason is she why. The cat? I don't think it was Sonia. It's because I, I feel like the cat was older than six months old. Right. I mean, but maybe it was an old Sonia and actually walk. <laughs> Burn. Was that too that, That's stretching. I think that's stretching. Yeah. <laughs> regardless, though, regardless of Whatever. if it was or wasn't, it I think was or cat annoyance was probably one of my favorite characters. Um. I was actually gonna ask that so i was gonna ask you guys who your favorite character besides uva because i feel like oh. i feel like uva's like i feel like you and i've been really lucky with protagonists the last couple books because yeah. the last book we really loved the it's main really protagonist good. and with this book it is much like even in the very beginning as much as i didn't want to like him i like the he whole scene at the, the <laughs> whole scene with the mercedes where he's like fighting the Mercedes, driving to the supermarket or whatever, Mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard because all of us have been in a situation where you're driving where you 
automatically end up in some kind of like race with the other person whether they know it or not and so like even if it's in your own head you're like this person cut me off I'm gonna go speed ahead of them and I'm gonna get to wherever they're going first so the whole thing just made me laugh really hard but he obviously had the biggest growth yeah even as a young man to an old man but even from like the beginning of the book to the end of the book he had so much growth he was such a great protagonist so besides Uva like, who is your favorite character? Oh. I liked so many of them. Yeah. I have to choose one. <laughs> My, like, top two. Yeah. <laughs> top five? Like, no. <laughs> there was six characters. Yeah. <laughs> there was more than six characters. Oh, um, uh, gosh. Well, I mean... I like the cat and I liked Uva, of course, but I like I really liked Sonia and I really like Carvana. Is that am, am I saying her the name right? The, the Iranian yeah, the one. one. Um, the, the foreign pregnant yeah. one. And which, by um, the way, I feel like we keep we keep referencing these these like the cat annoyance, the pregnant one, the lanky one. I mean, this is how oh Uva call refers to these people in right in his he because i actually wrote that down as a note where it's like the nicknames yeah he um all i put all the nicknames the lanky one pregnant foreign lady blonde weed mutt <laughs> ruins uh ruins wife he's like uh the there's the, the bent shirts. one yeah. the white shirts yeah. so many nicknames they were so funny yeah what about you? What was your fit? Or I mean, did you did wait? Did Sheila? Did you ever pick one? She was like, oh. I like Sonia and Pravana. Oh. I like. Okay. I mean, I I like them both. Okay. I have been thinking about this of like who I think my favorite character was, and I really liked Adrian, and I really liked Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, I really liked. And this. Find out story Jimmy, yeah. when you find out about who Jimmy is yeah. and even I mean even then like when Jimmy was nine yeah like Rune and Uva like is grumpy and like set in their ways as they were yeah they were just so much about the people which is what they makes were. which is what makes Uva such a great protagonist but we can't keep talking about that um i loved jimmy's story i loved how when you like he's just kind of like that excited young kid who's like he talks to his mom he lives in her basement there's not much more than that he's like into computer software yeah or, he makes no, apps. game web designer he makes apps. oh yeah makes apps um and he's just like yeah, what are you doing? But he's like in all the drama neighborhood. He knows all the drama. And then you end up finding out why. It's because his mom and him have lived there for years and years since he was like nine. So probably almost 20 years. And um, it's actually Rune who Uva fights with for most of of the book it's actually him and uva and their wife sonia and anita who set up a fund to help them get the house so they can't don't have to live with um his mother's like abusive boyfriend. boyfriend and all this stuff and so it's just like from there it's like they do such good things but jimmy like from the first moment you meet him he's just so open to helping and wanting to do good and wanting to help out because he you actually meet him when um the cat the 
the cat annoyance is taken out of the snowbank and he's like frozen <laughs> and he just kind of shows up at the door like what are you guys doing what's gonna what's happening what's going on yeah what, oh well, that cat like first... that cat's really frozen like let me and then he takes his shirt off to help the cat oh, yeah. and then he's like he uses body fat to warm him up yeah. deathly allergic, <laughs> deathly allergic to cat. cat and so they and so they all end up at the hospital which they go to the hospital like three times in one week which is hilarious um, but I really love Jimmy. But then Adrian, the thing that I loved about him is that you do meet him early on in the book. And yeah. he's like, no, I'm here. I, I want to fix my girlfriend's bike. And then you later find out that he's also like the post postman. He, or yeah. he brings Uva and everybody their mail. Um, and he was a student of Sonia. And then you find out that he was a student, student of Sonia. And he was like, nobody gave me a chance in life nobody gave me anything he's like i couldn't do much before your wife taught me and he's like she had me reading shakespeare mm -hmm. she had me like reading all of the stuff that nobody ever even thought to give me the chance to read yeah. and i loved that but even then like i loved how he kept coming back yeah and he was like at a cafe yeah i want to learn how to do this but he actually learned from uva like he learned how to fix the bike yeah. from uva he like um he learned how to, like, he bought a car, a car. even though it was a toyota it was better yeah. than what he was gonna buy it wasn't a french car mm -hmm. it wasn't a hyundai which actually made me laugh because no, john luca but then it's also you know like he really looked at uva and I think maybe because of Sonia, and I'm sure he probably saw Uva take Sonia to school every single day and help her get to her classes and pick her up. And he probably saw that. Well, there's a point in the book where at the towards, like, I would say more than halfway through the book where he, he he's delivering mail. and He goes, oh, I saw the last name. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's when he made the Adrian right. that. Right. Yeah. So he but it's also like he sees his friend in need of help and it's like he could have taken him anywhere or let his friend kind of just fend for himself. Yeah. And he was like, no, this is the guy who needs to help you. Yeah. And it's like there's literally nothing in Uva's character that makes you think this should be the guy to help him. And he um, he's the one who kind of gets Uva to now be a hotel to take um, in to take in, take in people that need help mm -hmm. well I think and I think that's what I another part of the story I actually really really loved is that as much as Uva was trying not to be part of a community and to have a family he got a community and a family right. and with like his neighbors like he and his neighbor Rune they had been friends and then I know like in the story they talked about how it the beginning was when he bought you know the the car was the beginning of the end or whatever but I actually think things kind of had happened um when they had the miscarriage there's because he um like it wasn't really stated that was why but he was just very like kind of bitter toward Rune about the things that Rune did with his son and, um, or did for his son. And 
I do sometimes see it with people that are either trying or have had um, multiple losses or have had, um, what do I want to call it? Um, Or they're just not, they haven't been able to have a child for whatever reason. They start to get a little bitter and they're a little hurt by um, seeing other people with what they really, really want. Mm -hmm. And again, I may be seeing this from my, my position as somebody that has lost children. And I try not to, to be like this, um, when I see people that have, have babies or are pregnant, like I try to be happy for them. Does it hurt? Sure. But I'm not gonna be mean to it. But there, I, I know there are people out there like that, that get very upset when people do get pregnant or do do things for their kids because they haven't been able to, um, to have that, even though that's something that they want very, very deeply. So they actually hid that in the book. It's almost three quarters through the book. And I had originally like screenshot this and then I deleted it because I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to bring that up. But Sheila brought it up. I should have known one of us would. And it says, Neither sorrow over children that never came should have brought the two men closer. But sorrow is unreliable in that way. Mm-hmm. When people don't share, uh, when people don't share, there's a good chance that it'll drive them apart instead. Maybe Uva never forgave Rune for having a son who he could not even get along with. Maybe Rune never forgave Uva for not being able to forgive him for it. Maybe neither of them forgave themselves for not being able to give the woman they loved more than anything what they wanted more than, uh, sorry, that they loved more than anything what they wanted more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a good, uh, and I, yeah. I think that 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 sums it up. Right, like yeah, it sums it, it totally up so perfectly. Up. Like, like Rune could never get his son to be the son that Anita wanted. Yeah, the son and, goes off to America, never comes home, doesn't really yeah. call or talk to them. Yeah. So, so you just kind of like jump ship. He like leaves the country when he's like twenty some years old. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Rune is sick, and his son literally just doesn't care yeah. yeah and um or you get the impression that he doesn't care mm-hmm. um and uva was just like you actually have a son and he didn't get the chance to have it and will never have the chance to have it yeah. and he's like in uva's mind he's like you did not fight hard enough for your family yeah it's so there's just so many things there's, there's so just so many it. little pockets like that yeah i mean but honestly like it goes to the author. It does. There's so many, there's so many one-liners in this whole book that, like, sum it up so terrifically. I mean, in that one, um, but, like, just this one line, but sorrow is unreliable in that way. And then um, two other lines that I found that I actually kept it's they're just so similar to that where it's like and it wasn't as if uva also died when sonia left him he just stopped living and then the one line is like grief is a strange thing and then you read that because you don't ever think about grief on its own and you're like man grief is a strange thing actually i do (laughs) but well you you do i you've had to deal with stuff that 
like yeah. I've never had and to so, do it. Yeah. So when like I tell people like when I when I come across people or if I find out somebody's had a miscarriage or something and they're just like I don't and I'm like grief is is weird. It's gonna be strange. You're gonna be mad. You're gonna be sad. You're gonna you're gonna have all these emotions all at once. And sometimes one will go away and then you'll just be mad. And then the other one, that mad will go away and then you're just going to be sad. And then you're going to be okay for a while. And then six months, a year later or whenever, it hits you and it hurts. You're going to get through it, but it hurts. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's really weird and it's strange and it's however we grieve it's not going to be the same for everybody and that's why i always tell whatever emotions you have they're going to be it's okay i mean it's okay for you to have those emotions so it's just yeah it's hard yeah right i know um on a on a lighter note from that sorry guys hope sheila no this is you talk about it girlfriend um, but then like the other side of it, and it's literally like not even that much further after it talks about the grief, um, another like little liner, it's just like, love is a strange thing. It takes you by surprise. Mm-hmm. There was just all these little snippets of like things like that, where you're just like, sorrow is unreliable. Great. Grief is strange. Love is strange. Cause it just takes you right. Like nobody chooses who they love. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, yeah you choose who you love. Cause you're like, I love you, but like it's never I don't think it ever is the person you expect it to be. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's accurate. And so I that's where it's expect, like it's just yeah. so surprising. I didn't expect like Eric to pop into my life when he popped into my life. Right. I mean, it's seriously just this whole book just is filled with stuff like that where again, I mean almost like Sonia and Uva's marriage and their love and everything like there's so many things about this book that are so simple yeah but it weaves such a great complex story yeah where you have so many characters that come into it i mean i want to i want to ask yeah. you guys what did you think about the ending like we haven't even like brought up, we haven't even brought that up yet so <laughs> we uh, haven't. without without been, out, uh, um sheila's been crying no <laughs> i can i can cry some more it's okay feel your grief it's strange i liked the ending it didn't it didn't bother me first of all like we can we give away the ending here i don't know <laughs> it's book club i mean i feel like you know well what did you think i mean did you expect that whole like stabbing scene and did you think that he like i thought he was dead and then all of a sudden he wasn't dead he had survived the stabbing that was a big surprise for me and then well yeah well and just to give a little premise for everyone that led into the stabbing like like he went to his neighbor's birthday party for the seven now eight year old Mm -hmm. and they called him like the youngest had already called him grandpa once and he just had already accepted that like he fell he, in love with these girls yeah he yeah. fell in love with this family that he did not ever plan to right i think he even got a new respect for anita and rune mm-hmm. yeah and 
he definitely had a respect for Adrian. He definitely had a respect for the boy that he brought in, which is um, Mursad, right. um, who he walked, welcomed in. He accepted Jimmy. I mean, because there's even the line where Jimmy, um, Mursad, the cat, and Ula end up doing the morning inspection and it's just like, he's like, well, I can't stop you, so I'm just going to accept it. But then it's just like that became his new routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things were already slowly changing, and you were so happy for him. And then he, and they they talk about his inspections, the whole book, about like, the whole like book, why yeah. he does them. And he's like, yeah, it's the whole book. They're like, well, I do these inspections because there's never a first burglary until there's a burglary. And so he's basically like him and Rune and some of the other men in the neighborhood just kind of took it upon themselves to, to be the neighborhood lot. Yeah. He just continued it, whether it was wanted or not. And so he is actually leaves and he actually finally ends catches. up seeing people who are yeah. there. Yeah. He catches actual burglars for the first time. And instead of them getting scared or him like, his mean demeanor who usually scares people off it literally did not affect people at all mm. and he ended up getting stabbed a couple times mm-hmm. and like for a like while, in for the a chest minute. like in the side yeah, like he, it wasn't for, like, it's unclear whether he survived or not yeah you know, i thought he was a goner that <laughs> right and i did too and to be perfectly honest it was kind of one of those things for me where it was bittersweet like if he would have died at that moment in the book mm-hmm. i was like why does it have to be like that right but then at the exact same time i was so happy for him because it was the one thing he wanted the entire book right well to he die. was finally happy well, to die <laughs> it was it was the one was, thing. Yeah. i mean this man tried to hang himself he tried to jump in kill him starve with he tried to he tried to jump in front of a train and ended up becoming a hero he um, tried to sh- shoot himself. He tried to take pills. Oh. He tried to um, kill himself in the car. Oh, like, car exhaust. Yep. I mean, he literally. Yeah. Like short, short to of to dropping a, a toaster in the water. Yeah. Which total, just wanted to get back to Sonia. Yeah, like that's just what he wanted. That was the one thing he wanted yeah. was I, well, to I go think... back to be with Sonia and be with his dad. And I so for me, I'm like. That... I think though with that ending, like if it had, if he had, if it had ended with him dying right there in the snow, I don't think I would have been content because I knew he was finally happy in his human life. Like he wasn't at that point, he wasn't seeking to get to Sonia anymore. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because, Which is why it would have yeah. been bittersweet for me. It, been, it would have been like... You're absolutely right. Like, yeah. he didn't want it any. Like, he didn't want, want it like that anymore. He yeah. finally found a way to be content in his own life. Mm. But His life had purpose. Again. Right. Yeah. But at the exact same time, like, that's really all he wanted. Mm. No, but I agree with Sheila. I, I don't think I would have been 100% like satisfied with that ending if it would have ended exactly right there with him right. passing away. Because he, he, like you said, his... The whole reason why he wanted to kill himself was because life had no more meaning and purpose since Sonia died. Mm-hmm. Now his life had purpose. He had new, you know, these uh, uh, these girls that call him grandfather. Uh, teaching their mother to drive. 
Um, he, he's got the cat. Well, and he ended up getting that letter from the guy he saved on the train. Mm-hmm. They found out that he ended up having, like, brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was able to treat it. And the guy wrote him and was like, I understand you not wanting to meet me. I understand you not wanting to be a hero. But he's like these are the people that you saved me for. And he actually puts the picture of on the fridge. man from the train and his family on his fridge. And so I think even those people a little bit like became his, his new family and purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, even, um, even the reporter that like harassed him. His, yeah. Like, she she become part of his, life. his neighbors. Yeah. yeah. The very, very end though, he has a few more years. They're so sweet. Mm. Like, great I'm years. glad. I'm really glad that we got the extra part of the book. I'm glad he did die. I would have been okay if he did. Um, like, unlike the two of you, like I would have been okay with that. <laughs> but, but, um, I'm extremely happy that he got those years. Yes. He got those like four extra years. And actually there's a really funny part before you actually find out he gets the extra years when you up. when you first find out <laughs> that he's actually okay. He's the whole time he's just this grumpy man. Nobody can get through to him. And then the doctor's like, his heart's too big. And um Pravana. Pravana is like laughing laughing in hysterics which reminds me so much of Sonia because it's like she's just laughs at the funniest things yeah and so it's this whole thing where she's just like laughing so hard and um Pravana's just like what his heart's too big I think I'm gonna die and then Uva's like I'm the one who's bloody dying like why are you (laughs) laughing so hard and then the doctor's like um doesn't even know what to do and then she's just like looks at the doctor and I was like was that all like is this it like okay so his heart's too big he has a heart problem like she's just still laughing um and then the doctor's just like yeah let him take the medication blah blah blah. but then it's Pravana's like comment that is so perfect for the whole book where she says oh don't concern yourself about that Uva's quite clearly utterly lousy at dying (laughs) and utterly lousy is in all caps and it's funny too that she says that because throughout the whole book you never then the connection is never made that they know he's trying to kill himself she does she does yeah finds the gun oh well she sees the pills on the windowsill well and she and she the plastic and she saw the plastic and the the car and the car and then she Mm. caught him in the car every single time I think she made it her <laughs> her purpose <laughs> I think she made it her purpose after um like the first time she realized that he just tried to hang himself that um she needed to be like checking on him because she was always and giving there. a purpose like she needed yeah. the driving lens yeah now you have a cat to watch okay <laughs> you have to take me to this you yeah. have to do this and so she made she made a point yeah, to make herself his yeah, life i guess i didn't put that like that together in my mind that she was kind of just inserting herself and things into uva's life in order to 
beyond just being a nosy well, neighbor. Well, give like him something to do, almost like distracting yeah. him from trying to kill himself. Well, yeah. and I think, um, I think it was done really well, like, yeah. depending on what your, how do I want to say it? Just like what you pick up in words and stuff, because like sometimes I'll I'll pick stuff up in stories first, where I'm like, ooh, that's the bad guy, and I get the very very beginning of the story, but no, it doesn't come until the very end, and everybody's like, you knew right. that. Like I really think it's just like sometimes the person and like maybe even like things that you've dealt with in life, like sometimes you see things differently. Sure. And so I think well and. To be perfectly honest, to add to what you just said, yeah. Sheila, it's, I mean, you even said that there were parts where you were like, I'm reading this book and I identify with Uva so much where you're like, I'm dealing with these idiots. So it's like, like yeah. you're, you're so engrossed in like his character that yeah. it, you might not even realize yeah. the, the little subtleties like he, like he didn't realize the subtleties either. And but I think you know. that's what's so great about this <laughs> story. Not that I'm not an old man. I'm missing all the subtleties. <laughs> You're not an old man. Yeah, I won't. I won't let you be an old man. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what's the, so great the record, about. For the record, I'm 32 years old. For the record, for the record, G is not an old man. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's yeah. what's great about the author was he was able to like kind of put these in subtly like mm. it's there yeah. like if you caught it great if you didn't catch it that's okay too you know like it's not it's not the right end of the world. absolutely I mean here's the point is like you didn't catch it and you still enjoyed the book right oh you totally is as much as we did mm-hmm. so I don't think you have to pick up on any oh, of no, that no, stuff no. I mean I'm, probably... I'm one of those people honestly go ahead I was going to say, he probably picked up on things that we probably missed. Right. Absolutely. And I am honestly one of those people who, when I read like a mystery or there's certain genres that I read, I will purposely not overthink it. And I won't pick up on the subtleties because I want to be surprised at the end. Sure. Like I want to, I want to feel that surprise. I don't want to be like. Like, I knew it the whole time. I try to do that, but, like, there's just something that, like, I'm just, I'll just read it, and then, like, I see it, I hear it, or whatever, and I'm like, that's the bad guy. And it's not like I'm looking for it. It's just right there, and... I think Sheila just said she's smarter than us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm smarter Rip than you, you Josie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't just say it. Just kidding. I didn't say it. Josie said it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's on it's on public record forever now. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean I mean just to like kind of go back a little bit. Like I loved that when he got back from the hospital there was the pictures for him. Yeah. But even before that, like the little girls just gravitated to him, him right away. Like the 3-year-old only ever drew him in color. Yeah. Everybody else was in black. He was the only one in color. Mm-hmm. Um, the seven-year-old lo- loved architecture and design, mm-hmm. and she was, like, told him the little secret, like, that's your house. Like, mm-hmm. she drew his house. Yeah. Um, and it and ended up buying, he ended up buying her that, like, iPad. Super expensive 
you know, 8,000 kroner yeah. or whatever, almost 9,000 kroner. And I, yeah, so it's, I wonder how much, I know, like, I kind of <laughs> want to know what that conversion is, um, but I, like, I loved it. I love that they got that. I love, oh my gosh, I, my heart melted when, um, he gave her the crib. Mm. Yes, that was so sweet. I loved that he was the one who, like, Mursad and Jimmy actually ended up getting married. And um, And they adopted a little girl. And they adopted a little girl. And I loved that Uva was the one who was, like, there for them and helped Jimmy. And, I I mean, I loved that he left the money for each of the kids. And I loved that. There was, like, so many people that showed up to his funeral because Mm -hmm. he was going to hate it. And, I mean, I think it is important to say, like, he died, like, peacefully in his sleep. And he ended up living, like, a really full life as, like, a grandfather, a friend, a father figure. Even Even the last few years, like, people were coming to him to, like, help build stuff and make stuff. And yeah. You know, it was because the neighborhood was growing. I mean, even like, even like three, four blocks away, people were like, help me build this Ikea cabinet, which makes me glad to know that the Swedes even have problems with that. (laughs) I was like, oh, is this a thing in Sweden, too? Because weren't they the ones who created Ikea? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so it was, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was so. It's so good. Go read it. If you haven't read it, go read it. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I guess that just brings us to, do you, either one of you have anything else to say about the very end of the book? Just go read it. Go read it. So I feel like this goes without saying, but would you guys recommend this book to others? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> let me think about that. Um, yes. Yes, I would. It's super easy to read. I mean, you could easily yeah. read this book in a week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have more time, definitely less. Yeah. If you are like, I'm just going to read some after work, you you can finish it within a week. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. And actually, um, I don't know if it was at the end of the books that you guys, well, probably not. Did you have the end? Like, in my version, I got mine on my Kindle. My version, there was actually an excerpt from his book, Beartown. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, um, which is another one of his books, and I started reading it, and I actually think I'll look at more of this author's work. Loved his style writing. I liked how. So on mine, there's, uh, his other there's an excerpt from another book he wrote. Britt Marie was here. Oh. Because he actually has four novels. Yeah. My grandmother asked me to tell you she's sorry. Brit Marie was here, um, and every morning the way home gets longer and longer, and then Bear Town, and then obviously a man called Ove. So five altogether. Yeah, I I read some of the beginning parts of Bear Town, and I'm like, I think I'm I'm gonna have to check that out. So I secretly, I mean, I honestly didn't even realize there was an excerpt. I'll have <laughs> to read that. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm excited to read more from this author. Yeah. I definitely think I am going to be completely honest. I don't think I would have ever picked this book up on my own. 
No, probably not, no. I... You're welcome. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My life is... Thank Miriam, my friend Miriam. Thanks, Miriam. <laughs> Come and listen to us. Um, I, like, honestly, <laughs> before, before I um, bought this on my Kindle, I was like, maybe... Maybe I should buy this book. Maybe this is a book I want to, like, own a physical copy of. Mm-hmm. And I was at the airport coming back from work in Florida when I was at the airport, which is, like, the worst place to buy a book because they're going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I was looking. But honestly, like, the little book stand had, like, two shelves of books. And they actually had this book. This oh. book was released in twenty. 20- 2012 so it's relatively old for a book to have in an airport because usually the airports are the most recent like bestsellers and i mean this was a number one new york times bestsellers so right but even on the shelf like if i wouldn't have been looking specifically for this book i would have passed right over it and i want to like tell everyone to read this book well luckily for you you have a podcast where you can where you just actually did Everybody read the book. I'm going to tell my parents that too. I think my mom yeah. would really like it. My mom would actually probably cry the whole time. Oh, she probably would. She She's probably a crier. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want to tell my sisters to read it. I want to tell my mom to read it like right away. I have other friends who I think would love this book. Yeah. Anyone could read it. Anyone, Anyone. could read it. I think, I think any person from any walk of life would be able to make some type of connection to these characters. The only person who probably would never read this book would be Uva. <laughs> yeah. Uva would not read this book. <laughs> who would want to read a book about a grumpy old man? <laughs> that I We have better things to do. I gotta go bigger in my shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it. It was so, yeah. so good. I loved it. Um, right. So, thank you and thank you to your friend Miriam for getting us to read the book because I w- definitely would not have uh, and thank you for having me this has been like a really cool experience so um, I'll just be waiting for my next invitation <laughs> <to> the- <laughs> you're <Yeah>. always welcome <laughs> uh, right what is the next well before so, that hold on oh, before this before I announced Sheila what have you pulled from your bookshelf um since the last time we talked a week ago, <laughs> nothing. Um, I'm still doing the Rosie project, and then yeah. just yeah, that's all I fo- I'm focusing on right now. And then I'll focus on our to be books for next month. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if you didn't listen to our last episode, I, I before I read this book, I read book three and four of the witches win series and then i listened to the unremembered girl which was really good and then i've actually since then started book five of the witch win series and i'm also going to be starting my audio book for um i think what, what hold on you guys put me in reading shame like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a big reading it was a big reading week for me because normally <laughs> i do not read i don't always get to read that many books um palm trees in the snow i'm gonna start listening to that one soon oh i forgot i'm i'm finishing up um faithful place by tana french but i talked about that in the last one then i'm gonna finish american gods yeah um yeah so sheila let john luke ask that question again well don't you want to know what i pulled from my 
Oh, yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> Sorry, you just started reading Put You to Shame. What did you pull from your shelf, G? I'm actually reading a, a, it's an autobiography of a Canadian, the first Canadian astronaut. Ooh, that actually sounds really interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. I was just thinking today that I felt like we needed to read an autobiography or, or a biography mm-hmm. for this. We haven't done one of well, those I yet. Well, I did not pick one of those. You didn't? <laughs> Start over. Sheila, read my mind. Yeah. I, I literally had this thought earlier today. Stop having fun with your son on spring break and read my mind. Whatever. <laughs> what are you guys reading next? <laughs> Well, we should roll, always please. we should always have that sound clip in every yeah. <laughs> and please what do. are you guys reading next? Please do. <laughs> um, that way I could be on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be you'll be on every episode and Andy won't. I almost said that before. I wasn't going to throw Andy under the bus again, but Sheila, once again, you, you brought it I mean, up. you've listened to episodes, and Andy hasn't. So, so who's a winner? <laughs> He's going to hate me. If he this already. is going to be the one episode he listens to. <laughs> He's going to be like, what? I know. Well, he's southern, so he'll be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes he does his high what. Yeah, that's true. I listen to him a lot sometimes on recording. So, whew. Okay. So, a couple months ago, I sent Josie this book suggestion, and then she was like, oh, we might want to do this next month. So, we're going to go home. Oh, sorry. We're going to go big, or we're going to go home next month, because... um. <sighs> June is going to be, we're going to, we're going to have June and then we're going to take July and August off. Yes. For the summer. And and so we can, we're not taking it off. But all our listeners. We will still be reading. Yeah, we'll still be reading for everyone. But we are going to be, it'll be our season one finale. Season one finale. And like I said, we're going to go big or we are going home. And um, so we're going to read two books. (laughs) And then we're going to compare them. I don't know what we're doing. Um, but yeah. Devil in the White City. <laughs> yes. Which is, I guess it's like, is that one true? Is it based, is it, or is it just based on uh, facts? I think it's. It's called The Devil in the White City. Yeah. By Eric Larson. Have you not heard of this yet? No. <gasps> oh my gosh. What? Are, do you like murder? Do, do you tell. like murder and serial killers? <laughs> Uh, and well, <laughs> I love murder. Um, <laughs> it, I'm so I I will say I mean I I tend to go more science fiction, but oh you would have loved um Neverwhere just so you know yeah you would have okay so um Devil in the White City is gonna be one of them and then we're going to read White City by another author what's author um Grace Hitchcock. They're both books about H.H. H. Holmes and Daring the World in Chicago. Oh. In Chicago. So the story, I just looked it up because the book is based on real characters and events. Okay, that's what I thought. But it's told by through a, a fictional character. Okay. But it's the story of H.H. H. Holmes, which 
I don't know if Gene knows this, Sheila and I are well-versed in serial killers. He's a crazy, notorious serial killer who built the Death Hotel here in Chicago. Okay, I feel like either you told me about this. I probably you, did. I feel like you told me about this already. Because so. I... So I'm like, this story sounds really familiar. I am Where obsessed. Did I, I am so excited. I was like, Sheila, not to, like, steal your month, but what if... <laughs> We suggested this, and she's like, really? And I was like, your choice. You just surprise me with whatever you choose. I'm well, like, go, Sheila. I'm like so super, super excited right And here right you are, you just got done telling Sheila to read your mind. And, <laughs> and she did. She did. Um, no, I'm really excited about this. I have been wanting to read Devil in the White City for a really long time. Right. I have heard really great things about it. There has been movie talks about, about this yes. book for yes. years, yeah. like since it came out. And Leonardo DiCaprio actually bought the rights to the oh, story. I didn't know. And, and he's supposed to he's supposed to be the one who's like developing it, developing it and it. doing it. Um, which uh, nothing has come of it, obviously. But I yeah, I am like super excited. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, so Devil in the White City and White City for June, folks. We have have, time. We got some time. Bigger go home. We do have some time. And we may, I don't know, Uh, we're going to have to figure out how we want to do that. Like, if we're going to do two-parter or one big crazy long episode or what, we have to figure out what we want to do. Yeah. I guess we need to read the books first. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like if we read the books, we'll have a better understanding. The reason why we thought it would be fun to compare these and how it all came mm-hmm. out is because you have like a female who's supposed to be dealing with H.H. Holmes, like kind of directly and at, this, it, at this and, time. And then you have like a male yeah. who's just kind of like in the city as all of this stuff is happening. Yeah. And the, um, the White City by Grace Hitch, Hitchcock. Because I like books, my Facebook feed, I get a lot of, like, random book titles, things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was suggested by the Christian Fiction for Women. So it's going to be a little bit more Christian, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So I, it's gonna I have be, a feeling it's going to be more clean. It's going to be a lot cleaner than probably Devil in the City. Or uh, Devil in the yeah, White City. Yeah, Devil in the White City. Um, but it's going to be two different genres, you know. Similar styles, mystery stories, kind of, but um, yeah, about the same people, but some Completely different styles. Completely different. Yeah. So I'm excited. And this is gonna be this is this is gonna be good. We're comparing two books at the same time. We're gonna work out how we do this. We're gonna read them. We're gonna. We're gonna have fun. Enjoy them. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, you could yeah, them. I mean, yeah, we there's some books that we don't like. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, right so you heard it here folks this is what we're going to be reading for june just as, as a reminder um for everybody we uh you can find us on facebook and instagram at potheads who read a podcast and you can send us an email give us suggestions um tell us what you think like dislike we we don't really care. Um, I you just can... liked and followed. Ooh. Yay! Um, uh, you can um, send us emails, suggestions, all that fun stuff at potheadswhoread at gmail.com. And 
the best way to help us is rate us, subscribe, um, good rating, bad rating. We want to fix what you don't like. We want you to, we want to know what you enjoy. And the more you rate and subscribe, the better we get out there for other people to find us. Yeah. And we, you can find us on um, some major players. Most of the platforms, yeah. Yeah, and if, most if of the big platforms. If you, if you can't find us on your favorite platform, send us a message and I will figure out how to get us on there. Because I'm sure yeah. I can. I just don't know how yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah. Right. It was really exciting. Yeah. John thank Luca, th- thank yeah, you so much for, for joining me. us. Yeah, thank you um, for being me. our first, like, first like outside outsider guest we'll or outside be- book clubber we'll have- yeah i think it was great i, I would great. have you back i don't know about sheila <laughs> it was great you are always welcome back oh thank you yeah. <laughs> she took a minute to, to respond i was I like oh, okay okay <laughs> no well sometimes I'm the, i didn't want to cut off too much and then I was uh, I was uh, like Josie saying that I <laughs> making me feel bad don't feel bad I love you Sheila whatever you're very welcoming <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> well thank you, you like so much I gotta go I gotta catch a bus I know He's, I know yeah, before G- they probably close I don't know if they ever close I'm keeping we're keeping the old man up past his bedtime <laughs> seriously <laughs> sorry um, guys well, I had a lot, lot of fun reading this. I Me hope too. you guys all read it and enjoy it, or that if you've read it, that you've you enjoyed it yourselves. So, um, thank you for coming and reading with us. Thank you, and uh, go crack a book uh, open. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.